Welcome to Rewiring Health. This podcast is for those of you who have an eating disorder, chronic pain, or both. In this channel, we'll dive deep into inspirational stories of those who have healed from both and also get into the mind-body connection and how we can heal the mind through the body and also heal the body through the mind. Come and join me on this journey. In this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Matt Dixon. Matt is a change worker who specializes in hypnosis and operates in the St. Louis area. He employs the techniques of metaphor and somatic movement to assist his clients in achieving their goals. Matt is a certified practitioner in hypnotherapy, NLP, and life coaching, as well as a yin yoga teacher. By combining the power of mindful movement and establishing a rapport with the subconscious mind, Matt believes that sustainable transformation can be achieved. Recently, he created a program for hypnosis called Making Metaphors in the Moment, which focuses on storytelling and the development of metaphors. In 2023, Matt will be presenting at the Heartland Hypnosis Conference in St. Louis and HypnoThoughts live in Las Vegas. All right. Welcome to another episode of Rewiring Health. Very excited to be joined by Matt Dixon. So thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Kelly. I'm, I'm super happy to be here. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. I know we, we're going to have a lot to talk about because just very interesting topics here. But um, first, I just want to, I always ask everyone who comes on, could you tell me a little bit about your story and how your journey has brought you to where you are today and the people that you help today? Um. Well, I was a, um, it's, it's funny. Sometimes I, my, my first thing I want to say is like, I'm, you know, a personal trainer. I just ended my personal training career a month ago Mm -hmm. to go full-time into, um, uh, hypnotherapy or hypno coaching. Um, but what brought me to where I am sitting here is, um, as, as a personal trainer, I begin to notice like the type of client that I was, um, that I was, uh, attracting was usually the, the type that needed to be slowed down of all things, you know, and, um, and, uh, and I began to notice like so many of my clients just, um, didn't like themselves or, you know, they, they certainly didn't like their bodies, you know? And, um, and then I began to see that like, there's, there's no correlation between you know, their, their physicality and what, and how they thought of themselves, you know, um, which is kind of blew my mind. And, and I began to, um, work, work mostly with, with building their confidence up. So that was a kind of personal, personal trainer I was. So I got a number of people who would come in for like, um, I need to get in shape, you know, for my wedding. I need to get in shape after my baby. I need, you know, I have a trip coming up, that type of thing. But a lot of them were mostly like, um, I just, I just want to change. I, I don't, I just want something, you know, um, and we would just kind of figure it out. So I wasn't the type of trainer that like somebody would send their kid to, to get him ready for, you know, football or, you know, get my, get my, you know, girl ready for, you know, uh, volleyball or something. But so anyway, all that transitioned into, um, when I became a yoga teacher in 17, I began to have better, uh, words for clients who would say things like, oh, I'm fat. You know, they would, 
they would they would they would pinch this much on their body and they would say I'm fat, you know. And then I didn't have, you know, great words other, other than like, oh no, you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. effective, you know. And so, so the the language from my yoga teacher training really helped that with yoga being the um, the idea of sthirasukam, which is stability and ease, and then hypnotherapy took it to another level of being able to get them to, to mind shift, you know, to, to change how they look at themselves was essentially like to change their own identity. And, um, that's why I transitioned into, um, hypnotherapy. Yeah. I love it. I, I think the big message I just got from you too. And I, I see this with so many people is like, we try to change everything on the outside of us, including how we appear to the world, what we look like. And, and then we, even if we obtain those goals, we still feel empty inside because we're not whole inside. So it is yeah. so true. We have to heal from the inside out and really be accepting of who we are. And then inevitably like our outside changes because of that. But I think sometimes so, so often is that we approach it from an outside perspective. And then we say, you know, if I finally lose this weight or I'm finally in shape, I'll, I'll then love myself. But it, mm-hmm. it really is just so the opposite of, we have to like learn to be, to value ourselves of who we authentically are. And then everything changes because of that. Exactly. And, and, and there's also this, you know, like if somebody works so hard and so fast to completely change their body, then they're not prepared for that psychologically because um, people start treating them differently. You know, and it happened to me as well. I had to get, I, I had to get in shape to pursue personal training because when I, when I was telling people like, I, I want to become a personal trainer, it always started like this. They would just go, they would, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, I was, 250 you know mm-hmm. I'm 220 uh, now but you know I was I was I, I was I was fat you know and um and then the reaction would either be something like um you but you're fat or <laughs> they would say like or they would treat me like I was a I was a you know a, a d student saying I want to be an astronaut you know they really <laughs> yeah and yeah and so anyway so the when I, when I got into shape, I still was that doughy guy mm-hmm. in my head and people were, and, and I was, I was acting like the doughy guy, so to speak. And then people were treating me like a, a fit person and it, it messed with me. It made me uncomfortable. And I've seen that happen a lot. So it's, it's so the inside. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I 100% it, agree with you. Yeah. And it's so sad that there's like, again, that stigma that you know, the outside world puts on is like, you're supposed to look a certain way for a certain role. And it's like, it doesn't say anything to what your knowledge base is. You know, it didn't say anything to who you are as a a person, how you could help others. Like, it's just a shame because there's such like a surfacey level that, you know, some people operate in and that they don't see the deeper level of the person and how they are presenting to themselves rather than what they are viewing them to present to the world. And it's, it's a shame because, it's, it's true. It's reality. I mean, that exists in the world, but again, I think as a society, we have to look deeper and is like, what, what does this person have that they can serve me regardless of what they look like? And how can we just value ourselves regardless of what our outward appearance is? And 
I think it's, we have a long way to go for that, but I think it's like conversations like this that are really important to understand that we have to go within again. It's always has to go within. So that way, when we do have changes that we can be authentic to ourselves and like, this is who I really am and kind of re-identify ourselves in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as your own like personal journey and for how, like how you viewed yourself, how have you kind of overcome maybe some of those like limiting beliefs you had about yourself or some of those like negative self-talk to a point where you evolved to start to feel like you're being authentic and your own self and value what you have to offer? Well, <clears throat> I, I, I can I can I can give you a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the way that it happened for me mm-hmm. um, is is probably you know different. So the the thing was is like when I became when I became a personal trainer, my identity changed, mm-hmm. and when my identity changed, how I went about my business you know, changed. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking about getting in shape before, that was before I actually became a trainer, you know, Mm -hmm. so that when I put that shirt on the trainer Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then people start asking me trainer questions, then, um, my, my identity just kind of shifted. Um, and so there, there wasn't, there wasn't like a, a pivotal, a pivotal moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but the if 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 you're asking like how does a person overcome you know negative self-talk mm-hmm. it's um in, in my opinion um it's to constantly change it mm-hmm. um well i'm sorry challenge it it's constantly mm-hmm. challenge it and um with with something like that's uh sort of in neuro-linguistic programming is called the meta model and so like if a person is in shape so to speak and their self-talk is saying you're fat um or you're you're so you know it was always fat for me i this it's not the nicest word anymore i, I understand but uh, then you know the is you talk right back to that voice you know what evidence do you have that i'm fat mm-hmm. well and then you have the the subconscious you know the whatever is talking is 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 going to come up with an answer and it's probably going to be based on something that's completely outdated mm-hmm. and so the, the the more that the more that that happens the more that it moves the needle mm-hmm. a little yeah. bit Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I hundred percent. I think just bringing awareness to those messages because so much of our life, we live on autopilot. We yeah. don't even pay attention to what we're telling ourselves. And then it's like, once you start bringing awareness to it and then questioning it, it really makes such a difference in what your reality is versus what maybe your brain is telling you. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's huge. Um, as far as making friends with your subconscious, how would you say you can make friends with your subconscious so that it moves you in the direction that actually serves you and creates the life that you desire? Well, the, um, I, I love this. I love this question. Um, so if I ramble, you know, stop me. Um, the going from the model to the subconscious mind is, is running everything. Mm-hmm. Um, running, running your behaviors, like, um, you know, binge eating is, is a subconscious thing. Usually, um, 
and uh, or it, it really anything kind of compulsive is. So the thing is, is, is to talk to your subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And so every time that, um, every time you make a dent into something that took a little bit of something to get to it, so to speak, then, you know, just say, thank you, subconscious mind. Yeah, good job. You know, and actually here's the thing. So I discovered this when I got hypnotized for um, being late everywhere. So I was always one to two minutes late. Mm -hmm. and um not too bad <laughs> what I said that's not too bad one to two minutes late <laughs> not no not really but it's yeah you're, you're right yeah. <laughs> but you know the thing is is like um the the subconscious mind craves excitement yeah and so like there would be a little there would be a uh, I could will myself to get to be on time mm -hmm. but you know what that's not very exciting mm -hmm. um getting to work with plenty of time to you know, to set up the, the area for my client and all that stuff, you know, when I, when I was training, just boring. But I'll tell you what's not boring is racing against the clock, you know, leaving just in time where I could get there on time as long as everything goes my way, boom, 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 you know, and that's exciting. Mm -hmm. And then, so the, the, nobody likes to be bored, not even, you know, especially your subconscious mind. So the, the negative stuff is exciting if you don't reward the positive stuff. So I begin to realize like, oh, okay. So every time from then on, I, when I was moving on time, I would say, yeah, that's right. There you go. Good job, boys. Good job, guys. Or good job to subconscious mind. It's like whatever, whatever it told me to, you know, to refer to it as. And then it would and then as soon as I would feel it, I would feel something, I would lean into it and not ignore it. Just like we ignore compliments, right? Someone says, hey, I love your, you know, I, I, I would kind of relish it. And then so as soon as I would feel it, I would say, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's what you do. So every time you catch yourself doing something that you're, you're happy with, reward yourself by giving yourself a uh, an attaboy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and constantly that because, 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 you, you know, you, you'll naturally do the other thing. Mm -hmm. God, I could be so stupid. Oh, I left my keys. Oh, I forgot. Oh, I'm so dumb. Uh, uh. Mm -hmm. You know, when you remember your keys, say, yeah, I got my keys. Look at, wow. You know, mm -hmm. and you get excited mm -hmm. and it sounds kind of silly and it is. But the, the subconscious mind is almost, you know, it's, it, it's kind of childlike and it responds to that. It's, it's our imagination. So. Yeah. In, it's it's in, such an important perspective shift because it is, we're wired to be negative because that's how yeah. we survive and that's how we protect ourselves. And it yeah. is like so many people and myself included, like I've always had a hard time accepting compliments and it's like, you know, it's, it almost makes you vulnerable when you're like recognizing those things that you're doing well, you're like, well, if I recognize it, then I'm not going to be as hard on myself to continue down that path. So it's, it, it is so true. And it, but yet it's, it is absolutely important to celebrate those successes as small as they may seem, because it is moving in that better direction. So it's a very important perspective shift. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and the, and the more that you do that, the more that um, the more it continues to work, and the more that you begin to see, like, um, 
you develop that kind of relationship with your subconscious mind, you you'll sleep better because mm-hmm. you know you can before I go to bed, you know, or, or as I'm laying there to go to sleep, I'll I'll say it's my conscious decision to have a deep, restful, um, restorative sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then when I and I wake up, and if I, when I wake up feeling good, I'll say, "All right, thank you, thank you, subconscious mind, good job." Mm-hmm. And and it's just it's it's um it, it's kind of a, it's it's almost second nature. I'm still I'm still working on it, but that will make the biggest difference mm-hmm. in a person's mm-hmm. life. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more because I'm I'm a big believer in the power of the brain. And it's like I, I've seen that evolution myself where I'm like, okay, how do I use this to my advantage? But I can tell you, like when I was in the thick of like some struggles in my life, it was like hard to see that clearly of like because you're in such a negative pattern with thinking and you can't even like look outside yourself to change that. How would you recommend for somebody who's having a lot of negativity? They're very down on themselves all the time. They're like stuck in a really thick, deep rut. How would you say just to start to do that? Like what would, what's a way to open yourself up to start to have that dialogue with your subconscious mind in a way that is moving you forward? Um, it'll so do you you, do you I just want to clarify so do you mean to kind of begin to dig yourself out so to speak yeah because I think sometimes when you're in a good place it's easy to see things clearly and like you go to bed and you can say okay you know I'm going to do this and you're in like a routine so I think like when you're consistent and you're in a good place it's very easy to see things clearly and make those changes and try something new but I know for many people when you feel like you're stuck in a rut or you're like living in a very negative energy or negative space it's sometimes hard to see or even try something new because you're in such a like a survival mode that you don't even want to try anything different or your brain just can't even move in that direction very easily. So what would be like the smallest thing you could do just to kind of start that um, pattern of having a more healthy dialogue with yourself? Okay. Okay. This is uh this this is gonna sound really uh I maybe a little contrite because everybody says it, mm-hmm. um, but it really is in my opinion, the, the, the best way to get things moving. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's the attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, yeah. Okay. So, but I do have something valuable to that, that, that maybe is not heard so much. You don't have to, if, if a person's really down, mm-hmm. it's easier to say, you know, that I don't have anything to be thankful for. That's fine. Um, just start saying thank you start saying it out loud thank you thank you thank you thank you and then that'll that starts it that starts it and then the other thing is to immediately just change your body language Mm -hmm. just sit up straight and bring your um not so much your chin up but your your chin in and down like that Mm -hmm. and most people are like this you know they're in uh cervical uh flexion but you know the um which is you know the for the i think they call it textures yeah. yeah 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 you're protracted yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. and so um the if, if you bring your chin in and down to lengthen the back of your uh, the back of your neck it'll feel like you're throwing your head way back when you're really not you're probably not even neutral mm-hmm. when i say you people you know 
but that changes everything because you're it sits you up a little straighter mm -hmm. and immediately change your body language and just start saying thank you and then when you change your body language you 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 change how your your i believe the body is a subconscious mind actually so it prepares for different feelings and then you may begin to see something you're thankful for so sit up straight and start saying thank you thank you thank you and thank you oh i'm i'm here in my bare feet that means i have heat thank you i've got running water thank you and and then it'll it's movement and and like in yoga the first part of balance is is thinking about lifting one foot up mm -hmm. if you're going to lift you, you know um uh, if you I would say like lift your knee your right your right knee um you know parallel to your to your hip um in 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 yoga we say be, be if it's going to be your right you know you would say begin to get heavy in your left foot begin to feel your right foot become a little bit lighter and even though nothing happens in space the body leans just so slightly and once you that's still movement mm -hmm. that's still movement and just keep doing that mm -hmm. until until something happens and then acknowledge that it's happening mm -hmm. and then take a break you know if if maybe it doesn't all get done in one day but um meet yourself where you are Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I mean all that I love that because I I'm I agree the physiology you have to move through that because sometimes when your head's not in the place and you can't change the thoughts use the physiology to then be that catalyst for change. I think that's a huge point there and I think people sometimes forget that it's like oh our body and our mind are completely interconnected. I mean it's all one unit. So it's like our body's always send, sending signals to our brain and our brain's always send, always sending signals to our body. So if yeah. we can't change the thoughts immediately then let's Let's try moving through the body and then eventually it kind of opens up the the gates for more change so i think it's a, a great point to make there so you were a college athlete right i was yeah mm -hmm. Did, lacrosse field hockey oh okay oh that's perfect yeah, yeah. so yep. like yeah so like when you were standing there holding your stick didn't you just feel like a warrior yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, yeah. I went hard on that field absolutely but yeah 100 percent yeah i'm like I, I was like, bring it on. Let's go. You know, it's like, you want to mm -hmm. bring on that challenge, but hundred percent it's like, yeah. When you're an athlete, you, you have that stance and you have that like drive and it's like, yeah, you, you, there's just that energy that you have about yourself. Just even just standing there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And it's like, um, you know, you talk about like, you know, you can get into like that power pose, you know, you think about uh -huh. like the most confident, powerful person, like how do they stand, you know? Yeah. Like, and versus like someone you think that, you know, if you think of how oh, you're defeated and you're sad, like think about how your posture changes it, it completely changes. So it is, I think it's a great point you made, you made how we can just change everything just by changing our physiology in the smallest way possible, recognizing that and then celebrating and moving forward as you kind of take that action. Yeah. yeah. And I know you talked about yoga. I would love to hear, cause um, I know you had discussed this before, but can you talk about how you combined yin yoga and hypnosis? Because I haven't heard of that before and I would just love to hear how oh, yeah. you've integrated that and how you've seen that help people and 
um, just a combination of those, because again, I love the mind and body connection there. Well, yin yoga is a practice that um, is, it's based on three principles. Um, one is finding your edge. Mm -hmm. And um, the second one is stillness. And the third one is time. And so finding your edge would be like, um, imagine like if I'm sitting with my legs apart, if I lean forward, if I just sit like this, I'm not at my edge. I can sit like this for a long time. If I lean really, really, really far forward, then I'm like, oh, I'm good for about an hour. An hour. <laughs> I'm good for like, like a minute, you know, maybe, you know. Um, and then so that's that's the edge right before something, you know, could bad could happen. And then you back off from there and back off from there and to where you're feeling something, but you can stay there for a long time. Mm -hmm. Along, so a, a yin, a yin practice, a, a posture could be held for anywhere from five to twenty minutes. Mm -hmm. And the uh, the second part is stillness; you stay there. And the third part is time for a long time. And then, and the um, it tends to be very relaxing, at least the way that I teach it. Um, so <clears throat> the 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 yoga language that that I learned in, um, um, in uh, yoga teacher training is the dynamic yoga method. And the languaging is it, ironically free of metaphor, mm -hmm. which I'm all about metaphor, but it's free of metaphor because it keeps the person in their body. And mm -hmm. you speak directly to the, to the person, to the, to the student. And, you know, the yoga languaging tends to be kind of relaxing. And I, and what I noticed was like, oh, this is just like a, the hypnotic induction, mm -hmm. you know, the walk down the spiral staircase, uh, picture, yeah. And so I had a, um, I had one of my um, uh, regular uh, yoga students had gotten a private yin session with me. Mm -hmm. And um, I, you know, I said, you know, like how, what would you, what needs attention you know objective what would you like stretched out and she's like i don't i don't even know i've, I've got i've got a terrible headache i just you know i said okay i said well we'll just kind of we'll go over you know we'll do everything and, and so as i had been um you know directing you know cueing her as as, as a as a yoga teacher um i could see in her face like she was like she was really relaxed. And then I could see her. She just was kind of uh, like this. And then I was like, oh, she's in trance. Wow. Okay. So I said, um, I said, yeah. And as you, as you feel your, as you feel the space being created in your hips, you can feel the pain leave your body, you know, and then, and I started just kind of, you know, relax a little bit more and, I had a uh, when, when I had first got trained as a as a as a hypnotist. Um, she was somebody that I one of my very first people, mm -hmm. and so I I knew I know her well. And I knew she was she's trancing, mm -hmm. and and so oh so I just kept giving suggestions for the headache to go away, you know. And then um, at the end of it, she didn't have a headache anymore. So I thought, gosh, you know, I'm I'm onto something. So that I. I started doing uh, workshops, in-person workshops, where like 
the focus would be on like self-confidence or, um, you know, getting past FOMO um, and uh, setting boundaries and things like that. Anxiety, I just did one with anxiety. It was, it was, it was uh, big, it sold out that, that particular run, but there, it, it's such a good um, combination because a person's already relaxed. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing called fractionation. So like, as a person goes into trance, they go kind of deep. And then if they come out a little bit, then they can go a little bit deeper and then a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper. And, you know, every time you, in, in the yin, hypnotic, yin hypnosis um, session, every time, you know, a person changes to a different posture, they come out a little bit mm-hmm. and then they sink back in. Mm. And it, it's just really powerful. Yeah, you can see how the, those would go hand in hand, especially when you talk about coming out and then going even deeper. So it's like yeah. the changing in the poses and then then changing your brain waves to meet that. That's mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Is that um because I know I talked to you before I saw um one of your success stories was a woman who overcame eating Doritos uh, you know, binging on Doritos, is that how you helped that woman? Or is that, was that a different practice that you used with her? It was, that that was completely different. Mm -hmm. And, um, but so that was an NLP technique, Mm -hmm. um, neuro-linguistic programming Mm -hmm. called, uh, map across like to dislike. Mm -hmm. And, um, it, it was one of those things when I learned in training, I thought, this, there's no way this works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's too, it's just, it's just too simple. Mm-hmm. And it worked on me for crispy cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, okay, so, so the long and short of it is we, um, our representation systems, like our um, visual, auditory, and kinesthetic are our main three. And then there's um, gustatory and then um, there's, then there's submodalities. Uh, so like the, um, so mapping something from like to dislike. So um, for her, it was Doritos to um, something, I think it was Pringles. Mm-hmm. If I remember right. She, so you map it over to something that they either don't like or they're completely neutral about. So so do, they, do you have a picture of the Doritos in your mind? Yes. Is it, where is it? It's right in front of me. Okay. Um, is it large or small? It's large. You know, is it color or black and white? It's, it's in color. Is it, or is it steady or is it, you know, moving? It's, it's steady. And then you go down the other systems and then, and like you know, your uh, Pringles, uh, do you have a picture of your mind? Yes. Where is it? It's it's up to the upper right hand corner. Is it small or large? Is small? Is it black or white or color? It's black or white. You know, is it moving or is it steady? It's steady. And then you you just have them move the Doritos over to the corner, and then you know to the map across. Does that make sense? Yeah. So does she not like Pringles? Is that what it was like? Like was it an association thing, or? Uh, don't she? I don't remember. She. No, she doesn't like 
she doesn't particularly like Pringles, but she so was it like associating Doritos to something that you don't like and kind of moving it in that direction. Is that just so I understand you right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So like, um, if you were to think of Pringles, like, do you have a picture in your mind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So where's the picture? Um, kind of like right in front of me. I'm like picturing okay. the container. Yeah. Okay. So, um, now, think about how you think of uh, Doritos. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you like them or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And just kind of get into that for a second. Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that picture large or small? I'd say large. Okay. Um, shrink it down mm-hmm. and then move it off to the side. Mm-hmm. Did you do that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Did that change anything on how you felt about them? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really have like a, I'm not like a lover of Doritos. I'm not like a hater of Doritos. They're kind of neutral for me. So I don't know. Yeah. I have Well, to- if you're neutral, it, it, if it moved, it, maybe it moved just a teeny bit. Yeah. You know, Yeah. but if it's, if it's something that you feel really strongly about mm-hmm. then, and I didn't map it across anything in particular. Yeah. But that's, that's how that works. It's just mm-hmm. literally you change it's not so much reassociating. I suppose it is, but it's just changing yeah. how it it represents to you. So is it that typically things that you desire a lot, are they usually like larger in your brain? Like, do you represent them larger and like- It could be different for it, everybody. It's different for everybody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's just changing your representation personally within yourself. So if like I said, it was in front of me and then you move off to the side. Now the representation is different. I said it was large, but you said to make it small. So then that changes it too. So is that mm-hmm. just changing however they present it as, and then they change that representation in their brain. Is that how it is? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then you, um, and then you kind of, you retest you maybe maybe you do it again mm-hmm. and um and i, I here so you know those tate's bake shop cookies mm-hmm. yeah those are good <laughs> yeah. yeah so i uh I, I love crispy cookies with mm-hmm. with uh with coffee you know and um um and like when i would go shopping if i thought to myself all right i'm getting some Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and I might be at Whole Foods or something and, and I would, I would buy, you know, it wouldn't necessarily be taste like whatever, whatever brand I would, mm-hmm. I would buy it based on how big the, how big the package was. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would total the calories up. Mm-hmm. This entire package has 2,800 calories. This entire package has 1,400 calories. These are getting eaten with within the next six, seven hours, you know? Mm-hmm. So if I just, I'm going to decide, do I, do I consume 2,800 or I consume 1,400? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's how I would decide which package to buy because I didn't have any control over them. Mm-hmm. And then, so when we partnered up in, in, in training, that was a thing that I did. And mm-hmm. I literally, I literally bought a package of Tate's cookies and I, I looked at them, I smelled them, I opened them up. I did every, you know, mm-hmm. I put one in my mouth and I said to myself, if I, if I can spit this out, this worked. And mm-hmm. I spit it out it, and it didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So it, 
it really, really, really does work. It, it mm -hmm. sounds a little nutty, but that's that's NLP. It's it's mm -hmm. NLP is kind of like wake, waking hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Interesting. For I know I'm, I'm sure it varies for everyone, but how long did it take you to not feel like you like had no control over the crispy cookies? Instant. Like, Instant. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. How about the woman that you helped with the Doritos? Instant. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Because I imagine, I mean, you know, I, I've been open about my eating disorder, but like that was part of my thing too, is like, I would just eat excessively and then I would exercise excessively. And it was just like, there was no, like, you know, I just went to town on everything, you know? So it was just yeah. a lot. So it's just so interesting to me because I know you know, like for anyone who's experienced any kind of like disordered eating, like it's more than just you eat a big Thanksgiving dinner. It's like, you literally can't stop yourself. Like there's nope. just like a drive towards eating this that you can't yep. control. And so it's just so interesting to me because I know, like, I know that feeling and I'm like, yeah, wow. Like to have that, where you feel like you, you don't have to eat the entire package because like, that's how I felt. And it's like, there was no stopping that. So it's so interesting to be able to change that in your brain so that you don't have that uh, unbridled desire to like continue to do that Very yeah, kelly can i share something with yeah. I, so like um um my favorite my favorite candy is peanut m&ms mm -hmm. and one one year for christmas between um between my wife and and friends i got 10 pounds mm -hmm. oh my gosh like peanut m&ms oh my gosh well, then various, you know, yeah. and like, it, I was like Scrooge McDuck, you know, I was like, you mm -hmm. know, oh yeah, <laughs> swimming and I, in the, yeah. And, and I, I put a bunch in the freezer and um, I, I ate so many mm -hmm. that I wore the skin off the roof of my mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. kidding. And, and then I, of course I wasn't enjoying them anymore, mm -hmm. but I kept eating them. And then yeah. I, I just, I kept moving moving them around to some place to chew that it didn't, you know, that didn't hurt. And then um, I would just, I would <laughs> I'd sit there and I'd eat one. I go, ah, ow, you know, and um, my wife was like, why don't you just stop eating them? I go, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, um, I know that, that, that it's a terrible feeling, but yeah. the, the, the map across won't work for binge eating it ha it has to be very specific so specific foods yeah okay. but like yeah. hypnosis works would works for binge yeah eating. Mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's so interesting because yeah i mean just again the power of the brain it, it yeah. is so profound it's our biggest tool and it's unfortunate that i think you know, I always compare like our brains almost to like, um, Dorothy from the wizard of Oz. Like we always have this power, but we don't always know how to use it. You know, she had her shoes the whole time. She didn't know how to use it to get home. And it's like, once you know how to use your brain to move you in the direction that you desire, it's like, it's a game changer. So I think it's just amazing how you can use it in so many different ways to achieve so many different goals that you have for yourself. And it's, it really is. And I'm a, I'm a high believer in that as well. So, um, so did, did I read like about you that you had chronic back pain? I did. Yeah. Following and, my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And did you, um, did, did you use Dr. Sarno's method or? 
it's funny. I wasn't even aware of that at the time. I um, just really went into just nervous system regulation, which I know is what he, he talks about, but I wasn't aware of his book until after I had already healed from the back pain. But oh. I, I very much realized because, um, you know, I've talked about, I, I went through all like the orthopedic stuff, like stretching, strengthening, you know, hot pack, cold pack. I had manipulations done to me and it just nothing ever seemed to relieve the pain. And it really was only once I started realizing it was in my brain it was all the emotional trauma from the eating disorder I hadn't worked through that that was when I started to experience relief but that's why I'm a huge believer in the ability to rewire our brains for health because I've seen it work for me and I've seen it work for many people and and you did that all on your own well, yeah, I had a good understanding of the nervous system after going, coming out of physical therapy school. Cause we, we do a whole nervous system unit. Yeah. And so when I understood the orthopedic, I mean, I'm a headstrong person. So if something doesn't work, I'm going to figure yeah. out a different way. So when right. the orthopedic stuff, and this is years, this, this wasn't like an overnight thing, took me years that orthopedic stuff wasn't working. My husband's a physical therapist too. So like, you know, he helped me a lot of those things didn't work. And then I watched the documentary Heal. I don't know if you're aware of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on Netflix, so. but it, it really talks about the power of the mind to heal. And the scenarios they talked about were situations that were even far more complex than my own. And I was just so intrigued by it that I like dove in and I'm like, okay, let me learn everything I can about this. And with my understanding of the nervous system from physical therapy school, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. You know, this makes a lot of sense. I started applying it to myself. I got a little bit of relief and I'm like, that's all I needed. I just needed a little bit of change. And I'm like, this is it, you know, and then ran with it. So it was, it was pretty profound, but yeah, I, I did my, you know, yoga, but yoga in a way that like it fit me, you know, so it wasn't like Mm -hmm. high intensity. I, um, breath work. I did a lot of breath work. Um, I read everything I could to change my mindset on it so that I wasn't feeling like I was getting into like catastrophizing beliefs Yeah, away from the negativity of how I was thinking. Like I changed everything and just made all these little changes and I I don't have any back pain anymore. So it's, yeah, but that's why I'm such a uh, huge believer. And I, I love what you do too, because I so believe in healing from the inside out and and what you do as well. It's it's so important to have that perspective. Yeah, I the one of the most fascinating things about Dr. Sarno that I learned um, was I think it was a documentary that I saw, but um, but like the long and short of it is like um, so he he came up with like I don't know was a a ten week or six weeks, something or other. And um, that still included um, uh, pain medication if needed. And, um, and if, I, if I remember right in the documentary, it was the real analytical people that, you know, he had a, a, a very high, a very high 90 success rate, but mm-hmm. the really analytical people, it took him a while to get on board. Mm-hmm. But the the wooey people, so to speak, were pretty much like after the introduction, okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, man. Just, ah. And then, the- <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've read so interesting. Yeah. His book is really interesting because it talks about all these, you know, chronic conditions and how you can use the brain to heal and, and why, why it is involved with the nervous system. So it, it really is profound. And, and it's true because I think the hard thing is, is that with research. So if anyone knows about like research, this is how, you know, 
everything comes about, but it takes almost like 20 years before you do the research until it becomes like well-known information out in the, in the world. So that's why it's like, when you have these techniques and these things that on case study basis work really well, and people have reported these amazing things, but there aren't always the data to prove it because it takes such a long, uh, tedious process to do that and a lot of money. And sometimes a lot of these things don't have the funding like pharmaceuticals do. And like, um, some of these quicker, you know, quote fixes that they have for chronic pain. So that's why sometimes you hear so much about these medications and pharmaceuticals because they're very profitable and they have a lot of backing for research and they're very, it's very easy. Either take a pill or you don't, it's easy to do the placebo and not, but a lot of like his techniques, techniques, and what he talks about, it's just more difficult to test and, and it quantify. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, but it doesn't make it any less real and doesn't make it any less, uh, beneficial. And I, I'm, a, you know, I, I love his book was, you know, just, it just validated everything that I had learned separate from that. And I, I totally believe in that ability to heal. I had a podcast. I'd want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just amazing. And that's why I love, you know, talking like guests like you, you know, everyone who like just has seen this work and you, you see mm-hmm. the power of the brain and just, you know, it's like every time, you know, you've taught me things about, you know, NLP and like using that, like I never heard some of those things that you've talked about. So I think, again, there's so many dimensions of the brain that you can use to promote healing in all different directions. And that's the beauty of it. So it's just amazing. Yeah, I haven't gotten into pain management yet with hypnotherapy. It's it's something I'm I'm um I'm I'm gonna look more into. There's um there's 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 one hypnotist in particular, um his name's Stephen Blake, and um I heard him on a podcast mm-hmm. and the long and short of it was what he said was he uh he he kind of he kind of puts the uh, person in a trance, and then he he asks their subconscious mind, kind of you know, with his own subconscious mind, so to speak. Like, um, and this is for chronic pain, you know. Is there? Could you just let her? You know, could you let them? You know, could you just go away <laughs> or find something else to do, right? And and um, that was like a completely oversimplified part of what he said, but that's kind of how I retained it. And um, one of my personal training clients, um, she's had so many surgeries mm-hmm. for so many different things. And uh, she's young, I, uh, barely 30 and in chronic pain, but the pain would, you know, it would, it would ebb and flow, it would come and go. And, and um, you know, it, she, she would be in pain, like in a, in a training session. And, but then she would, she'd play volleyball Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so yeah and so um it's they just I just heard the podcast the day before and uh, I uh I said I said well why don't you just relax for a second you know let's let's try something so I just I did like a progressive type of relaxation with her and then um um and I uh so it was in her shoulder blades and I, I kind of sort of like put my hands on her shoulder blades for, for a moment. And, and, um, and I, in, in my mind, I asked her subconscious mind, like, can you, 
maybe just take this pain from a 10 down to a one. Can you do that? Just, just, and I don't remember exactly like what I was saying. I was really, I was really in my, in my, um, you know, in my wooey space, so to speak. And you know, it worked. And then the, um, the owner of the, of the gym, she had a big knot that her husband there was, was trying to rub out, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm on fire, you know? So, mm -hmm. so, um, I said, Hey, can I, can I take a crack at it? And, um, it's like, sure. So I just kind of sits up, you know, I felt the intention of releasing that and the intention of like asking, could you go ahead and release that? Cause it's not serving a purpose. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and it worked. And so when I got Reiki attuned, I began to think like, maybe that's Reiki. Maybe that's what I just did. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But the whether you think it's all in, in the in the mind or you think it's 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 this you know cosmic healing energy that we can tune into it doesn't really matter mm -hmm. it's it's what you believe that matters mm -hmm. and um um and for my client it didn't fix her chronic pain forever it just it probably just did for that day or just for that moment that she was really good after that moment um but there's so much that the mind, well, in really like what, what we believe mm -hmm. can be done. You know, like we, we believe it, we really can, I hate, I hate to say achieve it because it's such a common, <laughs> but that it really is, it really is true. Mm -hmm. it, it can move in that direction. If it moves in that direction, it can keep moving. If, if it just, it may take a little patience, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree. I think the biggest thing with belief is just open your mind up to a different possibility. And I think that's the thing with a lot of times people who have experienced chronic pain is that they have, you know, their brain is so wired to be predictable. It's like, this is the response that I give you every single time. But it's like, once you allow the brain just to open up to like, hmm, let me try this, see how this works. Well, how do I feel? You start opening up yourself to curiosity again. Mm -hmm. And curiosity is the, really the way that we can rewire our brains for health is just be curious yeah. to try something different and allow your brain to move in that direction. I think that's where like that belief comes in. It's like, um, you know, your, your brain will believe based off of evidence. So if you allow yourself to open up yourself to some kind of different possibility, you get some level of evidence that there was a change. Now you start breaking the cycle because that's what chronic pain is. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's like, I do this, I get this response. I get more pain. I do this. I get this response. I get more pain. And then now when you allow your, the cycle to be broken, you're giving your brain a different possibility and it, it starts rewiring to be accepting of that. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, when you, you know, it's so true. You talk about belief, you have to be open to something in order for it to work. So it, it is whatever that is for, for you and for whoever's listening. It's like, you have to be open to some kind of different possibility and then allow yourself to see the changes that are made because of that. It's also, it's also exciting to be in pain. <laughs> it, and it's, you know, the, like the person is no longer suffering of chronic pain you know that that can mess with their identity because mm -hmm. if i'm not someone if i'm not if i'm not this person anymore then who am i mm -hmm. you know um and that that could also I'm, I'm sure of it is this thing that is something that leaves people you know from taking those steps like the 
that map across like to dislike mm -hmm. is really successful but i've had like and, and it's fast and quick um and i've offered like say you know there's there's a one person in particular i was like would you like to be free of cheese mm -hmm. <laughs> eat cheese all and they don't want to mm -hmm. they like no i i love cheese you know and, mm -hmm. and i don't i don't care that i overeat it i mean it, it sucks but you know mm -hmm. Not everybody wants wants to be healed, you know. Some people, um, they there's 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 a secondary gain, and the gain could just be the excitement of the subconscious mind, you know, being in pain, mm -hmm. because it's way more exciting than being neutral. Yeah, and, and I, well, I think that also too going off of that, like the brain wires for predictability, efficiency, and the yeah, known. Yeah. And anything that's unknown, you know, whether like, you know, I don't think anybody wishes chronic pain upon themselves. No one wants to live in chronic pain. No one, wants, no one wants that. But the brain says, I know this. I've known this for 20 years. Like I'm, I'm more afraid to discover something different. So it has a natural resistance and aversion to trying anything because this is known. And, and I think, like you said, I think that is a lot of subconscious. It's not that somebody says, yes, I choose to be in pain every day. This is what I want. I think it is that like the brain naturally, subconscious. yeah, it is. It, it yeah. naturally kind of has an aversion to doing anything different because it feels, you know, quote safe in that way, because it mm -hmm. knows exactly how everything is going to go. So it's like when you open up a different possibility, it's unknown. And then it, it's, it's, that fear that comes into the unknown, even though it yeah. could be a good direction of unknown. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. That's why the brain is so complex. It's like, we have our conscious brain that we're trying to move in the direction that helps us. We have the subconscious brain, which is the bigger beast, you know? And then we mm -hmm. have the external world that's playing a role in that and all these stigmas and everything else that goes around, you know? any kind of thing that we want to change in our life, you know, especially chronic pain, there's a lot of stigmas around that. And so you're trying to get all those pieces to work. And I think so many times, you know, again, off of anything that we're trying to do, we try to change things externally. So we wish for things to be different or, um, and then we don't look inside, but so I think we get overwhelmed very easily when we're trying to change stuff outside of us, but the minute we can change what we have control over, which is our brain and our subconscious. Yeah that's really when we start empowering ourselves to realize that like once we change, then everything is a mirror in our external environment. When we're in a better place, the world starts to mirror that. And I think that's the real beauty of it. So it seems complex, but if you start inside, it's not as hard. You can become your own hypnotist. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You have that, that point of view where you can allow yourself and it's like, you just need that one little foothold and now you can start digging yourself out mm -hmm. of that, that deep hole. And that's the amazing thing about it. Well, yep. Matt, I could talk, I feel like I could talk all day, <laughs> um, but I just want to kind of wrap this up. But for anyone who wanted to connect with you and, um, you know, work with you, where can they find you? What's the best place? Um, you can just search, search my name on Facebook. Um, and uh, I, I'm easy to find on, um, on TikTok. I'm the hypnotic yogi. And um, and and that'll link you to pretty much everything. Was, and that so it, it's um, M-A-T-T, or you can email me um, if you like. I, I I would love that as well. It's M D I C K S O N two eight at Yahoo. Um, and uh, but 
just search my name and I'm, I'm easy to find. Great. Yeah. And I'll have everything in the show notes for anyone listening. So um, that way you can link right to it. So, but thank you very much for everything. I really enjoyed this conversation. Like I said, so much to talk about here and and unravel, but I'm hoping for anyone listening, you can take just a a golden nugget from this and then use it as your stepping stone to, to move your life forward. So thank you. And, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Yeah. This has been great. I've really enjoyed it. Great. Thank yes, you. me too. Thanks again. Yeah. And for everyone listening, please again, subscribe to the podcast, um, you know, leave a review. And if you have any questions for us, we would love to hear them and, and answer anything that you have there. So thanks again for spending your precious time to listen to the Rewiring Health. Thank you for spending your precious time to listen to this episode of Rewiring Health. My mission is to inspire hope and healing through science-backed practices. If you found value in this, please share with three people and leave a review. By doing so, this message can be spread to those who need to hear it most. Also, to get updates on the most recent episodes, please subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for being part of this community, and I am forever grateful for you.